Hey, everybody. Hey, I am Lolita E. Walker. I am so excited to have you in the building today. Welcome to Coaching Cocktails and Conversations, the podcast. Yes, we are live on Facebook in my private Facebook group, Coaching Cocktails and Conversations. Hello. We are live in LinkedIn and we are live on YouTube. And today I am so excited to bring you yet another super powerful player inside of the game. We have an author. We have a TEDx speaker. We have a power businesswoman. We have a contributor to the Harvard Business Journals and reviews and all of the things. And today we are talking about how being limitless can actually help you demand more. So see, that's at work. That's at life. That's at home. That is just us. How can we become limitless And then how can we use that limitlessness to then power us to continue moving forward? Today, we are talking about how to demand more, what that means, what that looks like. And we hope to get some of your input as we go throughout this broadcast. So you might say, well, Lolisa, who is it that you have today? Are you ready? Because just in case you have been under a rock, yes, I have Miss Laura Gassner-Otting. Okay, you may have already heard of her. But in case you haven't, don't even worry about it. Come on in the room and make sure you tag a friend because we are going all the way in on coaching cocktails and conversations today. I want to welcome you all to the podcast and say, let's go. Welcome to Coaching Cocktails and Conversations with Lolita E. Walker, the podcast that coaches you up while meeting you exactly where you are. Grab your water, tea, or something stronger and allow this podcast to help you feel the power in your cause. Come on in and join the conversation. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Yes, we are back. Can I can I just tell everybody how excited I am? Let me tell you why I'm so excited. Now, yes, I'm always excited every single day when I come to you, but today is an extra special day. Can you feel it? The reason is because I might be the only one who just found this out. Did you know that you can upload your own audio to Canva? Oh my goodness. Come on, Canva. I'm so super excited about this whole situation. Did you see the fanciness that just happened right there? I am so excited. So in order to have seen that, you would have had to been live or you have to go back. I want you all to make sure you go back just in case you're streaming audio only. I want you to go back to this episode right here, which is the premiere of this here on Coaching Cocktails and Conversations, just so you can see this snippet right here because it just has excited me so much. So I'm blessing you with my excitement because what are we talking about is how to get to the height of, of, of no limits within where you are. And this one right here has, has definitely sparked me all the way up. I want to say hello, hello to Jacqueline, who is already here. And let's go ahead and bring our friend Laura up. Hey, Laura, how are you today? I am great, Miss Lolita. How are you? I am doing fantabulous. Listen, everybody, before we got started, I said, Laura, oh my goodness, I'm so excited because of this new trick that I learned on Canva today. And so um, while she wasn't as excited as I was, because I think I'm all the way at the tippy, tippy top, I know that you've been excited in your life before as well. Hey, Laura, welcome. (laughs) Well, you know, I have to tell you, the reason that I wasn't super excited was not because I kind of figured out how to put video in Canva a few weeks ago, but mostly because last week I decided to take down my entire website and put a new one up. And I did it right in the midst of like a bunch of major things happening in my home life and my business life. And I was like, God, 
I just, I wish I could have just done it as easily as she just figured that, that trick because for four hours yesterday, I was a ghost on the internet. There was no website I was not to be found. And I was thinking that my TEDx is going to drop any minute. People are going to Google me and it's going to like go to like a 404 error page. And that would be that. So as you're telling me the story, I was having like a little flashback to yesterday morning it was really what was happening. And we've oh all been there, goodness. right? We've all been there as business owners where you're like, this is going to be so easy. Oh, that wasn't yeah. so easy. And it's <laughs> never so easy. Oh my goodness. Welcome to the party. We have all of our friends that are here with us or listening into the replay. And one of the things I want to just ask you before we jump in, because this is such a juicy conversation and I know we're going to leave folks with amazing nuggets that not only they can leverage today and think about, but now they can sit on it and start to apply it into their everyday life. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? But the way we do it around here at my kitchen table, that's what I like to call it, is um, introduce yourself by way of one strength and then just tell us a little bit more. Sure. So my name is Laura Gassner-Otting, and I'm the author of Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life. And my strength, my superpower, if you will, is that I am able to, within pretty short order, look at somebody, size them up, and see their superpower and reflect it back to them in ways that they could either maybe for the first time actually believe it or believe in it so deeply that they can finally at long last act upon it. Oh, what would you say my superpower is? Your superpower, I would say, is you are able to connect quickly and deeply with people and help them get excited about what their potential might be. Oh, my gosh. Who just hit it on a nail? That would be (laughs) more. Thank you. Yes. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because one of the things that, you know, you, you talked about connecting and one of the, 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 the aspects that I claim for my own superpower is to be able to do just that. So I love that you said that and you can see it in people and then help them to bring it out. And I like to say, and then help them to propel beyond where they're saying today. Absolutely. You can just feel it. You can just feel it when you talk to you that like, I know that I'm going to leave this conversation talking about my expertise and helping, you know, all the people in your community get better, get faster, get stronger, get become limitless. But I know I'm going to leave this conversation super pumped and energized to go about all the rest of my day also because you just bring that energy to everything you do. Woo! Yes, she is great in her skill set. <laughs> so I can see why organizations call on you all of the time and individuals. So let's get into it. You know, this get notion. Into it. <laughs> yes. So this notion about being able to be limitless and then allow that to help you to, to, to demand more in life. Let's break it down. Talk to us about what does it mean to be limitless in the first place? Yeah. So as I mentioned, my book is called Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life. And the most important piece of that is that first section, How to Ignore Everybody. So I don't know about you, Lolita, but when I was younger, I was handed a definition of success by a teacher, by a parent, by a friend, by, you know, Susan Day on LA Law, right? The, 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 <laughs> the, you know, modern day, the Kardashians, right? We've all been handed definitions of success by people in our lives who were like, here's the checklist, go fill in all these checkboxes. And once you're there, huzzah, you will be successful. And all of us go about doing it and we go to the right school and we get the right job and we get the right house and we get the right spouse and we wear the right clothes and exactly the right size. And then we turn around one day and we're like, okay, check, 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 check. I'm successful. All the boxes are full. Why do I feel so empty? 
Hmm. And the problem is, is because we spend our lives pursuing somebody else's definition of somebody else's version of somebody else's success. And we don't pursue our own. And so there's no way for us to be truly limitless, to figure out who we are and what we're made of and all that we can do until we figure out what we actually care about. And so the only way that we can go about demanding more in our lives is to figure out who we really want to be. Like, it's not about leaning in and it's not about, um, it's not about, you know, getting hard and, and, and sucking it up. It's, it's about figuring out what you actually care about and then living fully into that person. Because if all you do is sit around waiting for what you deserve in your life, you will never get what you demand in your life. Oh, so good. And so many things to pull on. You know, one of the things is, I love that you said lean in, but you said don't lean in. And so I want to tap into that a little bit because uh, when you think this word lean in, yeah. what do you hear? And I'm and I'm asking you that for a specific reason is because I want to think about what lean in means to me because I'm constantly telling people lean in to your gifts. So I want to see what it means, if it means kind of the same or if you're thinking like, I oh, know this is how I define it. Well, so I talk about lean in very specifically as a Sheryl Stanberg idea. I read lean in and I know I was supposed to love it. I'm part of the army of women. I've got a uterus. We're all supposed to love lean in. But here's the thing, Lolita, I did not love lean in. And it wasn't because I was upset about, you know, all of Cheryl's privilege and all the money and all the, you know, like the, 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 uh, you know, super privileged. I, you know, you just like get a nanny and have your dry cleaning done and you know, lean into your work, like say yes to all the opportunities and every, somebody else to take care of the home front. It wasn't about that. I mean, I have a ton of privilege in my life. I used every ounce of it to get where I am. I'd be a fool not to. You'd be a fool not to use the privilege that you have. I don't fault her for that. What I fault Cheryl for is that she created a movement that defined success in only one myopic way, a singular way. The fastest and most expedient path to the corner office is the only one that counts. Say yes to every opportunity, do every project, make sure that you sacrifice everything and then it will pay dividends long-term in your career. Well, that's fine if your definition of success is the corner office. Mm -hmm. But I got to the corner office. I was like, all right, I got to the top. And I looked Mm -hmm. around and I was like, the Mm -hmm. top of what? Is this really where I want to be? So absolutely lean in but you can't just lean into the this you know external myopic singular definition you have to lean into your own so i'm all about leaning in i'm all about going for it like I, you know i've never met a challenge i didn't love i've never met a revolution that didn't turn me on i've never met a big idea that didn't you know excite me with its audacity however it has to be one that's interesting to you, right? Like leaning into becoming the CEO of a Fortune 50 company may be great for some people, but that wasn't going to be my path. Mm-hmm. I wanted to also lean into my family and to my community and to political campaigns that I cared about. I wanted to lean into my athletic endeavors. I wanted to lean into my life, not just into my work. Oh, so good. So I want to ask the folks who are listening in, what does lean in mean to you? And I love this question because this notion of leaning in, what Laura is saying is really what I heard is define, then redefine what success means to you and lean into making that your success, lean into making that your achievement because everything else becomes a distraction. 
which then leads me to, Laura, what I'd love to leave everybody with. And and I want to get your input because on coaching cocktails and conversations, coaching is all about leaving you with a couple nuggets to challenge your thinking. That's what we're doing today. Cocktails is not so much about what you're sipping on, but there's no judgment. It's more about celebrating the greatness of who it is when folks show up around here. Right. And then conversations is the juiciness that we're having right here. So these six, one, two, three, four, five, six had to make sure these six considerations that I want to give to people in this notion of coaching a little bit is in the acronym demand, D-E-M-A-N-D. And then I'd love to have your thoughts on that as well. So the D is to demand more because you are more. Right. Require more because you are worth more. It's about worthiness. It's about self-worth. It's about understanding who it is you are. It's about leaning into your strengths. And to your point, leaning into the success as you've defined it. The E is about experience, experience the unexpected. Those things we talk around here a lot about owning your yes and respecting your no. Because sometimes, to your point, you get to that corner office, but then sometimes you're going to have to put some barriers around that corner office because everybody else has expectations about what now you're going to do now that you just are in a fancier chair, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The M is about more doesn't always mean you have to work more. And I can't wait to talk to you about that because today we're talking about your notion of, you know, being limitless can help you demand more. So what does that mean to you? And I'm, I have this notion of more doesn't always mean you have to work more or harder. It might actually be right there and just making sure we can excel on that piece right there. A is about adding to the collective because my firm belief is that, and I know that I've heard you speak before, so I know you believe this as well, is that it's all about servitude too, servant leadership. It's about making sure you can step outside of yourself. The N is about next up is action because we could talk about it, but let's be about it. And then that D is about doing your work. You talked moving distractions out of the way, which was up at the top and then delegating and disappearing. That's the dad principle that my daddy taught me when he was still here on this earth. And so one, let me hear what popped out to you and then just tell us this notion of, of, of demanding more, how we get to do that. Well, can I combine two of them and talk about them? Because, okay, so I want to talk about, I want to talk about the servant leadership piece. Mm -hmm. um, And I want to talk about the more piece. So here's the thing. Um, As we climb, uh, we want to pull other people up with us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Servitude is so important. That said, we also have to serve ourselves. And I think one of the things that we get wrong about servant leadership is that we think that in order to be a good leader, we have to serve, serve, serve all the time. And we sometimes Mm -hmm. forget that we also need to lead. Mm -hmm. I think especially women, um, we have this idea uh, of that we have to take care of everybody. And we try very hard to be nice We don't want to upset the apple cart. We do a little bit of the extra office, you know, housekeeping, if you will. So maybe that's dishes in the break room, or maybe that's doing some extra, you know, organization for the big company meeting, whatever the quote unquote housekeeping might be. Um, And I think that we spend a lot of time being nice. We stop talking when somebody else starts. We don't want to interrupt anybody. We don't uh, tell people they're wrong in public. We're very nice all the time. So imagine, if you will, that you're, you know, in, in your in your company setting and you decide to help somebody with a project. They're like, oh, isn't that so nice of you when you're a woman? When you're a man, what do they say? They say, wow, he's so kind. 
He's so giving. He's so generous. Women, it's like, oh, that's really nice of you. Now let's think about the difference between these two words, nice and kind. Nice is like a doormat, right? Nice is like it doesn't bother anybody. It's vanilla. It's nice. Kind. He's kind. There's some power in there, right? You are giving your kindness. When a man amplifies a woman in a meeting, she, he's so kind to her. When a man decides to mentor somebody in, a, in an office setting, he's so kind. And I think that we as women forget sometimes because we're so busy serving that we forget to do the leadership piece of it also. And so I would challenge your community to think about the difference. I want them to stop being so nice And I want them to start thinking about kindness. So what do you have to give? You have amplification in a meeting. You have your skills that you can bring to something. You have uh, your knowledge that you can, uh, uh, that you can. Uh, bring to a project that's going on. You you are able to amplify other people. We have to start acting in that way where we have this kindness that we can give rather than just trying to be nice and not upset anybody. And so when we're thinking about servant leadership, it's about service. Yes. But the way that we lead is we say, if I elevate myself using my position now that I'm sitting in that bigger chair and I don't do more of all the little housework stuff that's expected of me because I'm a woman, right? Because I'm a team player. Yay. And instead, I use it to elevate and amplify and pull up other people as I climb, then I am seen as that person, that leader, not just the servant. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that, especially around here, because remember, you know, leaning into your strengths, as the words I said, leaning into your strengths is really to know those strengths. Yes. It's really to stand upon those. And then to your point, the service right? When does service now turn into leadership? To serve, I love that you said that, is also to serve yourself, but it's to to serve yourself through your strengths. It's to make sure that you're intentional. And that's what I really heard you talking about is this intention as you walk into leadership. And some of the ways that we can serve the best is to role model for the people who come after us, what it looks like. So being the best employee, the best, uh, you know, uh, uh, salesperson, the best, you know, client relationship person, it's not, you know, tying yourself to the, to the chair and being there 24 seven. Sometimes it's actually about going home and resting and relaxing and recharging and coming back better. Right. And so as we grow into positions of power, the way that sometimes the way that we can serve best is to role model that it's not 24 seven, do more, 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 but it's to actually take care of ourselves because it's a long journey. Yes, it is a long journey. Talk to me a little bit about your TEDx talk that you most recently did. Tell us about the idea that you are spreading to the world. Yeah. So um, when Limitless came out, uh, it it surprised everybody on the planet, uh, especially me, about how successful it was. And so I was at an event uh, where I had found out that my book had launched number two on the Washington Post bestseller list. I had literally taken a selfie with Malala, like Malala, Malala. um, And I was warned up for Robin Roberts on stage. Good morning, America, right? My huge shero of mine. And I'm I'm on the red eye going home. Um, I'm 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 bolt upright in a center seat on this red eye with these like two huge dudes like snoring on my shoulders. (laughs) And I couldn't sleep. And so I was like so jazzed from the week, but also I was like, this is amazing. This is exciting. This is humbling. It's wonderful. And also I kind of want to be on Good Morning America now. 
And mm-hmm. I kind of want to be under the oak tree with Oprah. And my book debuted at number two on the Washington Post bestseller list. How do I get it to number one on the New York Times bestseller list? I want more, right? So it was exciting. It was amazing. It was wonderful. But also I was full of stress and anxiety and uncertainty and doubt. It was kind of hell. And wonder hell, Lolita, is the space in your psyche where the moment you achieve something, large or small, that's the moment that the burden of your potential walks into your brain and is like, hey, girl, what you got for me? Are you going to live into this newfound potential that you didn't even know you had last week, last month, last year? Are you going to let it pass you by? And that's the moment where you have to admit to yourself, I think I want more. And so when I found myself in this position, I was like, oh no, what do I do? Like the the alchemy of achievement and exhaustion. And I was like, (laughs) the part of my brain that dictated my humility disappeared. And I was like, what do I do? How do I do it? And how do I survive it? And so I got home. And I talked to a hundred different people, uh, glass dealing shatterers, startup unicorns, Olympic me- you know, medalists, everyday people like you and like me yeah. and like everybody in this community. And I was like, how did you get through these moments? And every one of them talked to me about how every single moment, whether they were large or small successes along the path, they experienced crushing doubt, imposter syndrome, uncertainty, uh, this like identity shaking, you know, bowel uh, shaking, uh, you know, fear. <laughs> And each one of them made it to the other side and the better for it. And so the talk is about this moment of wonder hell when you are feeling this burden of your potential that is that is helping you to see where you want to be, right? It's the like who you are and who you are becoming and the center of that little Venn diagram. That's wonder hell. Wow. Is that relatable? Yeah. You feeling it? It is. It is. And it's relatable too to Lynn Luckett, who is here saying yes to imposter syndrome. You know, what's interesting is that my TEDx talk was about how a momentary interruption in your life can shift you to be your most revolutionary self, if you allow. And it's very similar in nature because we are limitless. And then um, Stacey uh, Lynn Luckett also said yes to pushing through the density to clarity. And another thing we always talk about around here is that clarity plus confidence equals commitment. And that is how you are committed to show up, to walk, to talk, to behave differently. And so this notion that you're talking about, is your TEDx talk out yet? By the time that this uh, drops on um, audio, it'll be out. Oh, well, we are so excited. If you are listening in, make sure you have your uh, coaching cocktails and conversations journal right beside of you. And you write down Laura Gassner Otting, O-T-T-I-N-G, so that you can find her. Because what we already know is that it's also going to leap up to TED.com. But for now, it's at TEDx. I love it. And we're manifest that. I love it. It's coming. Where did you um, do your TEDx? Uh, In Reno, which is like sort of a bizarre uh, place to do it since I live in Boston. But so here's the story of how I did it, um, it. which I think is relevant to your audience. So the, um, I have a friend uh, whose name is David Burkus, and he is friends with the guy who runs TEDx Reno. Mm -hmm. And I've been talking to David about this idea of wonder hell for probably two years at this point. And uh, the third person in this conversation is a friend named Clay A. Bear. And Clay um, was the one who helped me name Limitless, my book Limitless. 
Clay also has a book that's in him and he's been trying to like write it and get it out. And I've been trying to write Wonder Hell and get it out. So David called the both of us one day and he was like, hey, Clay, Laura, uh, you guys want to do a TEDx? Because I talked to the executive producer of TEDx Reno and he likes both of your ideas. So you're in if you want it. And I was like, oh no, I don't know if I can do it. I'm not ready. I haven't organized the idea yet. And he was like, well, you got about three months to get it done. So, you know, sometimes you do have those moments, as you were saying, in your life where there's just like somebody throws down the gauntlet, there's an opportunity, you can't say no. So you just say yes. And it becomes this kind of forcing mechanism um, and this organizing principle. So I had to do it. Like he's, I was in, like, when was I going to get this opportunity again? TEDx Arena is also one of those TEDx's that has like 1,500 people in the audience and it's like a five camera shoot and it's super professional and they get literally a million views on their on their videos. So it was like, I can't say no to this opportunity. Absolutely. I wasn't ready to say yes. So I had to figure out how to get ready. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I'm, I'm steadily and inside of the Facebook group too, we talk, I did a, a session or a segment on TEDx and how everyone has an idea in there mm-hmm. and really talking about how do you apply? Let's push this thing now. You already have a no, et cetera, et cetera. But what I also talk to them about is every TEDx is different because it's yes. locally organized, as you know. And my TEDx journey was a little similar, it has some similarities. And I remember on my my audience on all platforms has heard this before, but I'll tell you really quickly before we we skip ahead is on my vision board. I had, I saw a theater and you see the stage and you see the audience, but it was looking from standing on the stage Mm. and I knew it would be a huge audience. And I knew that this is where I wanted to be, but I didn't know it was a TEDx yet. Mm -hmm. And it it was in the midst of me getting my uh, coaching certification. And there was a woman who was on my in in my group, in my cohort. And I'm talking to her after we finished. And, you know, I'm talking to her about these ideas I have. We're talking about life. And I don't know how standing on this stage really came up. But she said, you know, you should do a TEDx talk. And I said, absolutely. I'll add that to next year's goals. She's like, no, no, no. I mean, now. (laughs) You have the whole idea that is worth spreading. It's like, okay, you need to get in your video by tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. And so I tell everybody, I haven't posted it yet, but I have this video, which is the worst video in history, especially being a speaker. But I, I wrote it down and my cousins are in the background with this big flip chart going from page to page on what it is that I quickly wrote down that I was gonna say. So what you see is me like this. You know, going across and across, you see my eyes and I go back and look now. But luckily, they weren't looking for a power speaker. What they were listening for was the core idea that was worth spreading so that they could shape it. And I just I'm I'm very I I went through uh, TEDx Youngstown. And so this for all of the listeners listening in, this is to remind you, you are greatness. This is to remind you that you have this idea that is in you. And for everyone who has already written me and said, I'm doing it this year, apply. I love it, Laura. What a yes. what a great story. And and I will say to your point about they're not looking for a, a, a great speaker. Honestly, a lot of TEDx's don't want to take professional yeah. speakers because they don't want it to be a professional speaking thing. They want yeah. somebody who's like a regular person who's a practitioner in whatever it is that they want to talk about to get up on stage and talk about that thing. It's not a speech. It's not a keynote. Right? It's a very different animal. So when I first started um, uh, reviewing my talk with the TEDx Reno people, I, I went through the whole talk for the first time and the organizer was like, well, that was great. 
It's a great keynote. It's not a TEDx, but it was a great keynote. I was really entertained. He's like, I didn't learn anything, but it was really entertaining. It was a great keynote. And I was like, oh no. So I'm so used to giving the 60 minute, you know, yeah. entertain them while you educate them thing that I tried to cram that into this like 12 minute piece. And he was like, yeah, no. So for anybody, I just want to say so for anybody who's listening, who's like, well, I'd love to do a TEDx, but I need to get more speaking experience first. You absolutely don't. In fact, the first TEDx I gave, so I've given two now, the first one I gave was TEDx uh, Cambridge. And I gave that in front of 2,600 people at the Boston Opera House, three, you know, three, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, tiers of seating, gold gilded walls, crystal chandeliers. It was the first talk I ever gave in my life. So I just want to make sure for anybody who's listening that they know that you don't actually have to be an accomplished or even a good speaker. You just, the idea is what needs to be there. Oh, I love that for everybody listening in. I lived in Boston for almost 14 years, actually. And that is just beautiful, a beautiful location to have a TEDx, to have anything, quite frankly, to be yes. on stage there. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, what energy that brings is so amazing. Well, you know, that's how I Wizard of oz my way into becoming a speaker. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I was never planning on being a speaker. That was not my plan. So I ran an executive search firm for 20 years and I sold it to my people in early 2016. And I got very involved in Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. Yeah. <clears throat> not going to go political here, but I just, just to say, um, I was involved with Bill Clinton's uh, campaign and his first administration. I helped create the AmeriCorps program. So there is a very small group of people who are both connected to the Clintons and also spent 20 years doing recruiting for senior level people in a mission driven space. Right. There's like maybe six of us on the planet. Um, so I was asked to run presidential personnel. Should she win? Right. Mm -hmm. That would be awesome. Right. Place all the cabinet secretaries, the ambassadors, all the mm -hmm. like big deal positions. And wah, wah, we all know what happened. She didn't win. I didn't end up in the White House running presidential personnel. But about a month before the election, I was um, approached to do this TEDx. And I was like, no way. That's terrifying. I have no interest. I had mm -hmm. sold my company. And I um, was ever having this crisis of identity about who am I when I'm no mm -hmm. longer LGO, CEO, here's my business yeah. card. So I created a website, lauragassnerodding.com, super, you know, creative. And I started blogging about stuff. And the uh, producer of TEDx Cambridge saw one of my posts and was like, that's a good idea. Would you consider doing a TEDx? And I said, no way. That's terrifying. I have no interest in public speaking. Don't want to do it. Never want to do it. Goodbye. And my kids were in the backseat of the car. And they were like, don't you always tell us we have to do things that scare us? Oh, wow. Don't you always tell us if it doesn't challenge us, it doesn't change us? And don't you always tell us that life starts on the other side of the fear? And I was like, ah, you don't listen to me tell you to pick up your socks. But that, <laughs> that you hear. So fast forward six weeks, I'm on the stage. I'm giving this talk. I the entire 11 and a half minutes praying that my stomach doesn't make a break for the exit. And that talk um, got some attention, which got me offers to speak in places for money. And I was like, wait, I just spent 20 years in consulting like in the deliverables business. And now you mean I just get to fly somewhere, get on the stage, speak, you hand me a check and I leave? Like, that's it. Like, I felt like I was like running away with like a sack of cash, like, you know, like I'm running away from robbing a bank. Um, and because the video for TEDx Cambridge was so good, I was able to take that video. And then a couple months later, when I started getting offers to speak places, I was like, God, they were asking me for a reel. What's this real thing? So um, I rented a, um, a theater with like six mm -hmm. other speakers in downtown Boston on a Tuesday mm -hmm. morning where like theaters no, aren't like being that. used. So like yeah. I could rent it. We could rent it for like $7 plus like labor rates of the you know union employees. 
And each of us spoke for two 10-minute segments each, like throughout the day. We got our friends and families to come and populate the audience, hired a film crew. In each of the two 10-minute sections, we all wore different outfits and put a different backdrop behind us. And then during sound check, we did another outfit. So boom, all of a sudden, I had three more quote-unquote gigs of me speaking. So now I had a speaker reel of me at four different stages. Amazing. The Wizard of Oz. Again, I decided what my definition of success would be, and I leaned into that, and I was like, you know what? I demand big speaking gigs, so I'm going to show you that I'm a big speaker, and am I? Maybe. I know what I'm talking about. I got to learn how to do this better, but I had to demand what I wanted. I I couldn't wait around for people to be like, oh, you could speak. Would you speak for us? No, I had to tell them that I could speak for them. Absolutely. Ah, so good. If you are listening in right now, I hope you pulled away all of that. Today, we are talking with Laura Gassner-Otting, and we are talking about how being limitless really can help you demand more. That was a prime example of it, and it also taps into that E that I gave you in demand, which is experience the unexpected. Sometimes you actually have to experience what doesn't feel very comfortable so you can leap beyond where you stand today, and that is why this is so good, Laura. Oh my goodness. We have so many similarities, actually. I was going to tap into a story, but then I remember that. Guess what? Other people are listening and watching. So let me get into (laughs) the, instead of me going into yet another story of a similarity, I have to call you so we can connect offline. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so super great. As you were talking, I was like, oh my gosh, look at that. Yes, there's a similarity there. But let me lean in with these three questions. Okay. I have three power questions and it's called my come as you are round right here on Coaching Cocktails and Conversations. You ready? I'm ready. The first is, now we did talk about strengths, but what's the strength that you have that you didn't always recognize was a strength for you? Oh, I am an athlete. I had no idea. I ran my first mile of my life when I turned 39 years old, having spent the previous 39 years avoiding sweating as if, you know, it was going to kill me. And now I'm a master's competitive rower. I am, uh, as up until last year, was the reigning lightweight world champion of the indoor rowing 2K for 40 to 49-year-old women. And I am now training for my sixth marathon. Wow, Who knew? And here's the thing. Sometimes you figure out who you are later in life and we're just like lots and lots of layers. Yes. Oh my goodness. Ah, that's so super great. I absolutely love that because not only do we figure it out later in life, but I think, I feel like sometimes it's the experiences of life that allow you to now be like, absolutely. Why not? Why not? It turns out that I wasn't always just a skinny girl with a fat butt. It turns out that I got some power glutes in my booty. What makes and you I can use them? How amazing is that? After growing up in like, you know, Kate Moss and Christy Turlington and Cindy Crawford, like skinny, 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 to be like, you know what? I got some muscle and I got on that TEDx stage. If you look at my video, you will see that I always get on stage sleeveless mm-hmm. and I rock that. And, you know, there are studies that say that when women get on stage, that they're considered less intelligent when they're sleeveless. But you know what? If you got some muscle and you're strong and you get on stage and you talk about being empowered, I'm going to rock that moxie. Yes. And show it off and show your power. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stand up and show up. Um, Let me ask you, what made you say yes? Oh, God. Um, I walked into my kid's 
uh, my walked into my kid's school one day and the principal was standing there and she's a 65 year old woman named Ellen. And I was like, Ellen, you look amazing. Like what's going on? You've lost a lot of weight. Like either you've been really sick or there's a new man in your life. And I was like, you look way too good to have been really sick. So what's his name? And she was like, there is a new man in my life. And his name is Mike. Coach Mike. And then she dragged me to this boot camp where for six weeks we did calisthenics. And at the end of the calisthenics, Coach Mike would invite you to run a mile. And it took me six more weeks to actually run that mile without literally needing to stop and hurl, like literally vomit all over the floor of this boys and girls club. Um, But then I did it. And at the end of that mile, I was like, you know, if I string two of those together, I could run two. And if I string three of those together, I could run a 5K. So I did a 5K. And Lolita, I say I did a 5K, not ran a 5K, because there were like men with double jogging strollers passing me on the uphills. I mean, (laughs) it was not pretty. But at the end of that 5K, I was like, you know, if I could do that a second time. I could do a 10K. So I signed up for a 10K and then a half marathon. And I live in Boston. So you know where this is going. I ran, quote unquote, ran the Boston Marathon. Marathon. And, uh, you know, I, as somebody who was, who, who never um, identified as strong or as powerful or as capable other than like my brain, right? Like this one little disembodied part of my of, of my mm-hmm. of my being to have that feeling of being physically capable of something at 40 like in the middle mm-hmm. of my life was at the moment where I'm looking at all of my peers diminishing getting smaller getting mm-hmm. you know weaker feeling more pain getting sicker getting mm-hmm. slower i was like this is amazing and it was instantly addictive yes yes is not exercise addictive it really is it's addictive it is. It is. But I'll tell like, you, if I it. had woken up one day and I said, I'm going to run a marathon, I never would have done it. Like I had to start with a mile. I had to start with running for two minutes and then three minutes and then four minutes. So, you know, the confidence to do these things comes from showing yourself competence every day. So like, where does, where does saying yes come from? It comes from saying yes individually to each individual thing and showing yourself that you have competence to do it so that the next yes is easier. Uh, 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 confidence and competence. Absolutely. That's one step at a time. It's one step mm-hmm. at a time and celebrating mm-hmm. that win and pushing, right? We're talking about demanding more and demanding more of yourself because you are limitless. It's so good. And when people, when, when folks can connect the two, the three, the four, the five, as you did, next thing you know, you're running the Boston Marathon, right? It turns out they say, like, if you can run a mile, you can run three. If you can run three, you can run 10. If you can run 10, you can do a half marathon. And everyone's like, if you can do a half marathon, you can run a marathon. So I'm like, by the transit of property, that means that if I can run a mile, I can run a marathon. Oh, I don't buy it, but then but you it did. turns out it's true. Then you did. I yeah. love it. All right. Here's the second question is yes, what please. is one barrier that still stands before you today? Uh, my barrier is that I believe that there is an adventure around every corner if you just look hard enough. And I am always looking (laughs) for that. So, you know, I like to say yes to everything. I've learned how to say yes better. I ask myself a series of questions that are super useful, but, um, I do tend to get myself a little overcommitted. Okay. Me too. Um, and then here's the third is why is the work you do in the world so super important right now? Uh, to the world or to me? Oh, to the world is the question, but answer it how you see fit. I mean, the reason that it's important to me 
is that um, I, you know, for me, writing is my therapy. Like I wrote Limitless, how to ignore everybody, carve your own path and live your best life because I wasn't ignoring everybody and I wasn't carving my best path and I was definitely not living my best life. So I sort of wrote my way out of the problem and I'm writing Wonder Hell because I found myself in the same problem. So I needed to figure out solutions. And so I write because it's interesting to me. I like solving problems and I like trying to figure it out. And I, I get so energized by seeing other people being the very best versions of themselves. I don't need people to be like me. I need them to be like all them, like as them as they can be. Like, I'm never going to be a great Lolita Walker. Never. You're never going to be a great Laura Gassner Odding. But we can be amazing at being ourselves and we can help each other be amazing at being ourselves. So that's why I love what I do. It is just like, I don't think it's work. It's just fun. I just love it. Why is the work important to the world? I don't know. I mean, I I don't know that I have enough ego to think that my work's important to the world. I don't know that people are waiting on it. But I will say this. I think there are a lot of people right now that are asking themselves, as life goes back to normal, is the normal I'm going back to really the life I want? And I think for the vast majority of us, the answer is a resounding no. And so what I talk about in Limitless is really a framework of how to figure out how to create a life of alignment and flow so that what you do matches who you are and you can really be your best, most limitless self. So, you know, I think right now in this moment in the world, I think you can listen to a lot of people and be like, wow, they're really smart. I love what they're saying. That makes a lot of sense. And also then go, but I don't know what to do about it, right? I think there's a difference between being smart and having wisdom. And wisdom really is taking the smarts that you have, 20 years of experience doing this work, and creating a framework that people can then say, that's really smart and I get it and I see what I can do specifically right now to help get myself there. And so, you know, insofar as I have, you know, assessments on live, the limitlessassessment.com, people can go take an assessment. They can ask themselves a bunch of questions, um, figure out what it is that they need to do, changes they need to make right now today in this moment in time when we're all like, okay, it's a new world. Now what? <laughs> I love that. You know, um, this question, I actually think you answered a number of times. I think you answered it even when you said South, right? This, this to me, what I heard and what I believe is that your work is so important to the world because they are you, like your reader, you've been there. And when you talk about being limitless, it's the notion that everyone has this potential, that might be lying dormant inside of them. And if they take what you just said, one step at a time, they too can go from what running a mile or walking a mile or skipping a mile or throwing up in the, in the, in the room to running that marathon. And that's just in life. So I actually think you answered it when you talked about yourself because we are collective selves. And I love that. Yes, yes. And yes, I am so excited that you were here and I'd love for you to tell people, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So my name is Laura Gassner Odding. Um, all my friends call me LGO. So you can find me anywhere on all the socials at Hey LGO and HeyLGO.com is a good shortcut to get you to my website. Uh, the book is called Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path and Live Your Best Life. And you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, anywhere you find your books, uh, bookshop.com if you want to uh, go to your local um, bookstore as well. And, uh, 
if you want to learn more about how you can be limitless, you can take the limitless assessment at limitlessassessment.com. Takes about 15 or 20 minutes. So you got to get that cocktail. As Lolita said, whatever it is that you decide you want to drink and sit down. It's a little intense, but it's your life. So you should take it kind of intensely. I hope I'll see you there. So super great. And yes, you will. Please hang on for one second, Laura. Listen, for everybody who has just been listening in, I am so super excited that you are here. I do not take it for granted. If you are just now tapping in, I want you to go back and listen to the replay. And don't worry, in a couple of weeks, we're going to come out with the audio and you'll get to hear it once again. I would love to have your review, but I want to share with you again, those six power tips that you can take for consideration today. What Laura joined me with today, and she was so spot on, and she talked about how you can be limitless and how that then allows you to demand more, demand more in life. And each and every person that is listening in today, forwarded to your friends, is capable of doing just that. Left you with demanding more because you are more, okay, period. No questions, no nothing, you are more act in it. Okay. Talked about experiencing the unexpected. Laura had an amazing story around experiencing the unexpected and look at what she's doing now. Going out on a TEDx stage, no sleeves, the power that is in it because she chose to take one step at a time. And sometimes the things that you say no to are actually the things that open up the doorways. Remember, own your yes, respect your no. More does not mean you need to work more. You need to enhance the gifts that God has already given you. Then add to the collective. We talked about servitude and Laura did an amazing job at talking about serving and then ensuring that that service then leads to leadership. Then what's next? Next up is action and then do your work. Everything else is a distraction. Delegate and disappear. Don't forget to lean into my Facebook group, Coaching Cocktails and Conversations. If you're not already there, I do 10 minute power minutes, <laughs> 10 minute power powwows. I was going to say a power hour. LinkedIn and YouTube, catch me on Instagram. And then before you head out, I have a little something extra that is just for you. Don't forget September 15th through the 18th. Where are you going to be? Yep, I'm having a women's weekend renewal retreat. Power for all-inclusive days. Learn more at lolitawalker.com. Now, this little bit right here is for all of our women listeners and for all of the men who are ready to send their special women in their lives on an all-inclusive four-day women's weekend renewal retreat. Imagine yourself in a space free of distractions and ready to get poured into. Imagine an intentionally intimate space of power women leaning on you to shift from where you are today to where you absolutely want and need to be. Imagine me as a certified life leadership and executive coach grabbing you exactly where you are, pulling the greatness out of you and replaying that such that you increase your confidence, your clarity, and your commitment. Imagine a new group of women who are just like you and ready to push you beyond your next level. Yes, it is your time. So go ahead and head over to lolitawalker.com slash retreats. Learn a little bit more and register for this upcoming Women's Weekend Renewal Retreat. What an amazing gift that this is to you from you. You deserve it. 
We have concluded yet another episode of Coaching Cocktails and Conversations, the podcast with Lolita E. Walker. Connect with me at lolitawalker.com for speaking, coaching, and my books, The Intersection of You and Change, and Can We Talk? Letters and Poems to Reclaim a Bolder You. Listen, have you already grabbed your CC&C garb? <laughs> yes, we are coming with tumblers, stemless glasses, a journal, a hoodie, and don't forget the t-shirt. We are leaning all the way in. We also know that coaching cocktails and conversations is a movement. Not only is it paraphernalia, not only is it this powerful podcast that you have right here in this right now, but it is a Zoom cast. It is a coaching community. It is a Facebook group. It is a clubhouse group. Go ahead and lean into lolitawalker.com to see all things coaching, cocktails, and conversations. And next time, bring a friend. Invite them to like, to share, and to give that five-star review. Cheers! I cannot wait to see you back around my kitchen table for coaching, cocktails, and conversations, the podcast with Lolita E. Walker. All right, you guys. See you next time. Bye.